The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my co-host on the line, who will join us shortly. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. And let me say we are so excited that one of the key areas that both Kathy and I focus on is emotional intelligence. And today, we're going to interview Dr. Dan Goldman. And so we're really excited. I've probably read every one of Dan's articles, books, listened to all the tapes he has on More Than Sound, morethansound.net. We'll go through that a few times today, so if you want to get some background information. But let me tell you a little bit about Dan, then I'll bring on Kathy. And then we have a series of questions from Dan's new book and ebook also called Leadership, The Power of Emotional Intelligence. So Dan Goldman is a psychologist, lectures frequently to business audiences, professional groups, and college campuses. He spent many years reporting on the brain and behavioral sciences for the New York Times and was previously a, a visiting faculty member at Harvard. He has received many journalistic awards for his writing, included two nominations for the Pulitzer Prize for his articles in the Times, and a Career Achievement Award for Journalism from the American Psychological Association. In recognition of his efforts to communicate the behavioral sciences to the public, he was elected a fellow of the American Association for the Advancement of Science. He's also the co-founder of the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning and co-directs the Consortium for Research on Emotional Intelligence. There's a ton of great research for anybody who's interested uh, on the consortium. We'll make sure we'll get the website from Dan on that. And his books include Emotional Intelligence, Primal Leadership, Destructive Emotions, Social Intelligence, which is a subtitle of New Science of Human Relations, Ecological Intelligence, what came out just in the spring was the brain and emotional intelligence and new insights uh, wired to connect audio, which I mentioned before on morethansound.net. And today we're going to highlight the newest addition to the suite of books and articles on emotional intelligence, leadership, the power of emotional intelligence. So we'll get more into that in just a moment. But let me just say a word about my esteemed co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. So Kathy, as you know, coaches leading executives and entire companies. She has a proven method, happiness equals profit, work-life strategies. She's been named the first lady of happiness for ABC TV. Dr. Greenberg has authored multiple popular books on the science of happiness, including What Happy Companies Know, and then her latest number one bestseller, 
what happy working mothers know. And she touches millions of lives and a much-demand speaker. She's on TV, radio, and media. She's a media personality. Her consultancy is H2C.com, which stands for Happy Companies, Healthy People. Kathy actively supports research on the subject while offering friendly tips and tools to be your best at work, at home, and on ABC's The Morning Blend. And she has a new TV web show called Your Happiness Now. Her website is www.h2cleadership.com. Tons of free downloads and access for your true talents for life satisfaction. Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Relly. And it is indeed an exciting day to be here with Daniel Goldman. I am chewing at the bit to get to all the questions we have for him. But, of course, before we begin, you know, it's always nice to let our audience know a little bit about why we have a show called Leadership Development News and also a little bit about my esteemed co-host, which is you, Dr. Relly Nadler. So for those of you who are joining us for the first time, let me introduce Relly. He's a master level certified executive coach. He is also a psychologist, a corporate leadership, and team trainer. And Dr. Nadler brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and, of course, his development programs. And Dr. Nadler's new top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries and, of course, at your firm. His highly respected work is the focus of countless business journals, blogs, and online news features, and his programs have become a mainstay at leading Fortune 500 companies. You can visit Relly at truenorthleadership.com for free downloads, like his new iPhone app with videos on leadership keys to access your best performance through emotional intelligence. So, Relly, again, I said, you know, we often have folks that are joining us for the first time. You know, we have over 150 shows now that are free downloads as podcasts on iTunes. And people often ask me, you know, what do you talk about on the show? And I say we talk about things that are really key to helping people perform at their best. And uh, maybe you could start us off by just talking a little bit about the statistics behind your book and why leading with emotional intelligence is so important. Well, thanks, Kathy. And let me say one of my major influences uh, has been Daniel Goleman, and especially, uh, Dan, all the research that you've done and the integration of multiple fields. So um, this is exciting for me because I'm in organizations every day and really on the how-to side. They know your work, and they go, that's great. How do we do it? And we know today about 40% of organizations say they're experiencing a significant gap in this in number of skilled and trained leaders for new jobs. So that's one of the reasons that we're focusing on that. The other is, and Dan will get you to talk more about this, emotions are contagious. And the way we like to say that is the person who's the most contagious is the leader. They're the emotional thermostat for the team. And we'll talk about some of that with Dan and, and the climate that the leader creates. And then, Kathy, maybe you could say a little bit about some of the happiness research, and then we'll bring on Dan and get into the question. Absolutely. I think it would be great. You know, we, we do um, follow a lot of, of Dan Goleman's work, and it's so important that people recognize that there are certain things that are genetic, and there are certain things that have flexibility around them, which we call set points. Uh, we know that performance and job satisfaction are closely tied to happiness by more than 93%. And it's very important for leaders to understand that they can influence this 93% by what we call our happiness set point. 
And one of the things that we're going to talk about in today's show is IQ, personality, and emotional intelligence. They are very different, and I'm sure that Dan will get into some of the discussion we'll have on the set point for emotional intelligence, which also is a component of happiness, well-being, and optimism. And so with that said, I would love it, Relly, if you would introduce Dan once again to our audience, and then let's okay. get underway with some questions. Thanks, Kathy. And Dan, I know you're biting at the bit as we are. So a couple more words. Um, Dan's new book, Leadership, the Power of Emotional Intelligence, really has a series of articles. And what Dan has said is I've pulled together more than two decades' worth of my writings that best illustrate EI's positive impact on personal and organizational excellence. Consider the books your toolbox. Each chapter is unique and has useful devices to help leaders, coaches, human resource officers, managers, and educators to effectively guide and motivate. So some of the questions we've selected are right from the book. And so, Dan, welcome to the call or the show. Well, uh, really, it's, it's a real pleasure to be here. And, and Kathy, I'm, I'm so glad that you invited me on the show. Well, thank you. We're, 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 we want to just touch on your personal background just a little mm-hmm. because all of our shows um, kind of feature that, that segment. And I don't want to miss the opportunity, Dan, to ask you the key question, which is who have been some of your leaders in your life who have influenced uh, your work and influenced you the most? Well, uh, two people come to mind. One um, is, um, this might be a little bit of, su- of a surprise, a Dalai Lama. Mm. Uh, I've known him um, since the 80s, and I've been very involved in an, an organization which wasn't on my resume. Uh, it's called the Mind and Life Institute, which uh, since the late 80s has been organizing uh, dialogues with the Dalai Lama and scientists on a range of uh, compelling topics. In a month, I'll be on my way to uh, his residence in India to bring together a group of uh, scientists and scholars to explore uh, uh, the topic is ecology, interdependence, and ethics. Mm. And the Dalai Lama is very interesting to me because he, it turns out, if you do world surveys, he is the number one most respected person in the world. Mm. Uh, he has vast influence, but he has no power. Uh, he doesn't hold any post uh, that, that is political or otherwise. Um, uh, and yet he's so d- deeply influential as a kind of moral compass mm. uh, for the world. And uh, I find him... Uh, an enormous inspiration. So I would put him number one. And then number two was my um, mentor in graduate school, David McClelland, who, <clears throat> whose work really was the foundation for what I've done uh, with emotional intelligence in the workplace and, and leadership abilities and competencies. Uh, David uh, was a very rigorous uh, academic who really looked at the data. He wanted to know what are the facts here. But he also was very entrepreneurial. In fact, his main field of study was entrepreneurs. What hmm. makes someone a successful entrepreneur? Uh, what is the drive to achieve? What is it that helps someone have that single-pointed focus uh, that just keeps them going despite setbacks, which is you know, one of the keys to starting with nothing and building something that can be a, uh, of immense value uh, down the road. So uh, David's uh, example of applying Empirical science and understanding to the working world has, has been uh, one of the guideposts for me in my career. 
And, you know, before we go on to any further questions, uh, Dan, I just want to clarify for the audience, because I'm a big David McClellan fan, and I've been educated and, and used uh, his work for many, many years. For those of you who are listening, if you have become familiar with achievement, affiliation, and power as uh, components of your work and how you look at the world and how you view the world through those lenses, that was the founding work of David McClellan, which has obviously grown and become a mainstay for those of us in the assessment community. So, Dan, thank you for that. Yeah, uh, uh, David uh, was one of the founders, if not the founder, of the idea of competence modeling. Right. So when you see a competence model, which, you know, every world-class organization has for leadership, uh, he, he was really the one who made the first arguments for that when it was a radical idea. Now it's standard operating procedure in businesses around the world. Absolutely. So one of the questions, Dan, and we're starting off a little general, then we'll get more specific into the actual aspects in the book. But I'm just curious, you know, in what is your mission vision? I, I mean, I can kind of expect what you're going to say. You know, but we talk about stages of life and, and uh, the different crises, and, and, and at the later stages is generativity versus stagnation. And just would be curious, in your own words, what would you say at this point, you know, what's, what's your mission vision? Well, you know, I, I've been very reflective about that today because it just happens that uh, this is a one-year anniversary of my mom passing away at age 99. Wow. And uh, my mother was uh, actually another model. She was someone who, imagine this, she was born in 1910, if, uh -huh. you, if, if you can get your mind around that. And she was um, very inspired by the work of... Uh, uh, the first social workers in America. She became a social worker when it was a brand-new profession. And uh, she was also a very early feminist. She was, you know, the first woman to do this and that and that and that throughout her career. But her motto, and, and what really is my credo, too, is, uh, you know, make the world a better place. Mm. And, uh, you know, I don't mean it as a platitude. I mean do something concrete which will matter for the better. And that's really been my kind of true north alignment for for um, how I try to conduct my life. Well, you certainly have done a, a excellent job, and, and I'm sure there's thousands of folks like myself who are kind of you know following in your pathway and hopefully you know bringing some of these tools and information to the masses. We're going to go to a quick uh, break. This is Leadership Development News, and we'll come right back with Dr. Daniel Goldman. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? 
you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, and we're having an engaging conversation with Dr. Daniel Goleman. And let's get back to the show. Let's uh, pick up perhaps, Dan, on what has surprised you the most about the reaction to emotional intelligence on a global basis. Well, let's start with that phrase, global basis. I had no idea when I wrote the book that it would, first of all, become a worldwide phenomenon. Uh, And uh, what's amazed me the most is the uptake in two sectors. One, of course, is business and leadership. Uh, as uh, the, both of you, uh, you know, have made it uh, core in your work, and as, as have uh, thousands of other consultants and coaches and HR people, I, I think very appropriately. I had no idea. You know, when I wrote Emotional Intelligence in '95, there was one small chapter called Leading with Heart, and that got spectacular uh, interest from from the business community. That was a shock to me. Uh, the second was. Uh, the impact on education, and this has been extraordinarily gratifying. There now is a, a worldwide movement in what's called social-emotional learning, which is bringing these fundamentals of self-awareness and self-regulation and empathy and social skills to kids, you know, kindergarten through high school, uh, with wonderful effect. Uh, there's a study just released of 270,000 kids, half had these courses, they're not even courses. They're embedded in the standard curriculum. Half didn't. And they found, you know, antisocial behavior goes down by 10% per 
pro-social up by 10%, and academic achievement test scores up by 11%. So I think that's going to give it more uh, uh, leverage uh, in spreading into other schools, and I hope it does. But those have been the two big surprises for me. Excellent. Well, that's that's huge, and just uh, going back to your 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 model, make the world better. I mean, that's a lot of people. So let me ask you a couple other questions. We're going to skip through and highlight some key things. But what what question do you get asked the most about EI? Uh, how do you do this? Okay. <laughs> what, how can I get more? Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, that's not a trivial question. It's a very important question because. Right. Once you see the data that makes the case, yeah. well, this is the basis of effective leadership and so on, well, we need folks like yourselves uh, who can help people get better at it. Danny, I'm curious in your own experience using um, your your own work and seeing others using your work, how long should it take for leaders to really make a change, a visible change, an emotional change, and have their followers notice that change? Uh, well, uh, my close associate, Richard Boyantis, who was uh, also a graduate student with me at David McClellan, who, who helped to co-design our uh, 360 uh, on emotional intelligence, the ESCI, uh, through Hay Group. He does research, ongoing research, at Case Western, where he teaches in the business school. And he finds, he, he first of all takes students through this over the course of a semester, he finds that's long enough. Uh, to see a discernible change as assessed by other people who work with this person on a target competence, a target ability. So our, our general rule of thumb is three to six months. Three to six months. So if somebody's being assessed, do you think it's pretty fair to say they can be assessed at three months and then it's safe to say you should be able to see a distinction within that three months to the six-month period? Well, I say three to six. That's the window for yeah. showing a discernible change. You may see it in some at three. You'll see it in most everyone by six. Okay. And one of the things, we had interviewed uh, Richard a while ago, and we asked him a similar question, and then there's been a thing on LinkedIn just about this, this exactly, how long. And, and it, I remember him saying it's about, you know, probably about three to six months. Um, but what was interesting, when do other people notice it? And I thought it was he had said more like, you know, it's 10 to 18 months before other people notice it. So it's kind of an interesting uh, perspective. Well, uh, it, it, he's making a distinction between the self-report aspect of the 360 I, yeah, I and the so. other yep. report. What, yep. Did he mention also that once you see the change, if you go through this in the right way, you'll see it seven years later yeah. down the road? Uh, and he's done follow-ups with his students, asking people wherever they happen to work, you know, to do the right. assessment. It was pretty stunning. You don't see that often in... In the HR program. No, that's I'm great. I'm sorry to say, yeah. Well, that's huge. And it, one of the things I, I wanted to ask you about, Kathy and I, and Kathy especially loves kind of coining terms as I do, but the amygdala hijack we've used over and over. I don't know if you've coined that or popularized that's it. That's from maybe... my book, Emotional Intelligence, yeah. The amygdala, of course, is the uh, brain's radar for threat. It's a structure in the emotional centers. It's constantly scanning to see, am I safe now? Is, is this person dangerous? And it is what flips us over into a flood of anger or anxiety or, or you know, some toxic state. Uh, that's the trigger point for it. That's the hijack. And when we're hijacked, it takes over the prefrontal zone, uh, the brain's executive center just behind the forehead. Uh, and it uh, completely torpedoes our ability to work well, let alone lead. Right. 
Well, I think that's, you know, in, in using your work, I mean, that resonates with folks. And then I love being able to talk to folks just about what you've already uh, highlighted, their lack of decision-making and temporarily, you know, paralyzing some of their IQ points. And, and I think that gets them interested in this. Well, uh, and the, the technical explanation of that is that when uh, the amygdala captures and drives the prefrontal area, it shrinks working memory. Working memory is what we think of as attention, our zone of awareness, what we, what we can think about right now, take in right now. It's a limited capacity. And when the amygdala takes it over, all you can think about uh, is what's upsetting you. So that's where the IQ points vanish. That's where your ability to access everything right. you know or to make good decisions or to be creative disappears. Yeah, that's what we would call negative looping. You know, it's so important for people to know that we do have some control from a leadership standpoint using the power of emotional intelligence to regain that control. So maybe, well, you know, maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, uh, in my model, there are four elements uh, of uh, emotional intelligence. The first two are self-mastery, self-awareness, self-management. First of all, you have to notice that you're having the hijack. Very often when we're caught up in anger, we don't have the inner mental space to go to the balcony and see, uh-oh, I'm losing it now. We're just losing it. So the first step is to notice what's happening in a way that allows the second step, which is to do something to get your emotions under control. And there's, you know, there are a hundred different strategies for, for that stage, but you'll never get there if you don't have the self-awareness in the first place. Mm-hmm. Well said. One of the one of the interesting things that just came out, and you've probably seen it from some of the research from the Hay Group, was looking at the you know the ESCI and how much influence emotional self awareness had. And uh, maybe you can speak to this because I think in some of the research they were saying more so than expected that if you ha- if you had high emotional self awareness, you also had a lot of the other competencies that that were high. Yeah, self-awareness seems to be foundational. If you think about it, you can't manage yourself if you, you don't notice what's going on. Yeah. And also it turns out that you can't empathize with other people well if you don't have good self-awareness. Uh, and uh, then the fourth component of emotional intelligence is social skill, and that's putting all of that together. So self-awareness is interesting because it's, it's elusive and invisible, mm-hmm. and yet uh, it's foundational. No, absolutely. It's, there's a book that I had uh, contributed to with Marshall Goldsmith a while back called Global Leadership Next Generation, and one of the top five categories for future leaders was that self-mastery. So it's, you know, your, your position on this has been seminal. I want to ask you, you know, when you think of leaders who have major influence, like a Stephen Jobs, what areas of emotional intelligence do you think he uses to excel? Uh, you know, at what areas... Uh, you know, might you consider him to be above average or average? Well, you know, I don't know Steve Jobs, so this is, you know, my impression at a distance. But uh-huh. one of the things that he's clearly superlative at is that drive to achieve that David McClellan was looking at. Uh, you know, uh, tech entrepreneurs like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and uh, pretty much all of them uh, are first-rate focusers. And, they, and not only that, he's immensely self-disciplined, and mm. he imposes that discipline on the company. They, they don't spill secrets at Apple, uh, you know, and, and secrets are leaking all over the place at other tech companies. Uh, that takes a lot of self-discipline. 
he also uh, clearly is able to manage for creativity and innovation. And that means giving people space to make the connections, to free associate, to feel relaxed and safe, uh, and to take risks. And that means that he's, uh, in some way, a secure-based leader. A secure-based leader is like, you know, that good parent, as John Bowlby put it, who empathizes, who understands people's, who knows their needs, who cares, and who creates situations that facilitate the feeling of safety and security, which is essential to taking those, pursuing bold ideas and risk-taking. And, of course, his bold ideas have now made billions. Well, what we're going to do is continue this dialogue and conversation. We're going to take a quick break, so don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. 
We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Dan Goldman here. We're highlighting his new book, uh, Leadership, the Power of Emotional Intelligence. And you can get that morethansound.net. And I guess it'll then it'll also be out. Uh, it's on early. Amazon. It's on you know, it's available in any web outlet. Uh, okay. Leadership: right. The Power of Emotional Intelligence. But more than Sound.net is my publisher. Okay. One of the things we wanted to ask, and I think you know, both Kathy and my network, we checked in, and what kind of questions did did people have that we could ask you? One of them was about just this phenomenon of so many leaders derailing, so many celebrities derailing, you know, typically around lack of impulse control, and maybe just kind of getting your take on that. Well, I think it's more than just lack of impulse control. I think it's a combination of that and narcissism. Mm. Uh, Narcissists uh, are people who can uh, become uh, very good at what they do, uh, celebrity, being a celebrity actually feeds whatever narcissism you have, so does being a top executive. And uh, the problem with narcissism is, though, although you may be quite charismatic, narcissists tend to feel the rules don't apply to them, they're mm-hmm. for other people. So when you have those two things together, low impulse control, and by the way, who cares, that's a, that's a recipe for trouble. Right, right. Well, I think when you think about someone like Tiger Woods, I kind of highlighted in my book, that's exactly kind of what he said. I could kind of bend the rules. I could kind of do what I wanted. People fawn over me, so that sense of narcissism. But you know what's really gratifying, and I'm sure, Dan, in your work, when you see this, um, it, it warms your heart back to, you know, leading with heart. The world is a very forgiving place. So when these people do admit mistakes like Charlie Sheen or Tiger Woods or any of the folks that we know who are in the spotlight as top performers in any industry, isn't it interesting that we are so forgiving that our empathy shows up so big for these people? Yes. Well, and I think it's it's not only just um, good from, from a point of view of human kindness, but you have to remember that people like Tiger Woods have real excellence, and we need people with excellence. And everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has a lapse. Uh, and if we don't forgive, uh, we're in real trouble because we need everyone to contribute whatever they have. Absolutely. What, what do you think are some of the best ways that you found for people to raise their EI overall? And I just want to mention for those of you who are listening, also on More Than Sound is a lovely little book called The Brain and Emotional Intelligence New Insights, which is, if you need a map to the brain and how it works in developing EI, this is a, a nice tool to have. But, you know, maybe, Dan, you can highlight a couple of the things in here. Well, uh, when I uh, wrote the brain and, and emotional intelligence, I was looking at, at more recent uh, brain research than, than I'd been able to write about in my earlier books. And one of the uh, findings in neuroscience that's come through louder and louder and clearer and clearer is that we have far more ability to shape our brain than we'd ever realized. Uh, It's called neuroplasticity, and the idea is overturns the old uh, piece of neuromythology that, you know, you're born with a huge amount of brain cells and you lose them steadily till you die. Not true. Every day of our lives, the brain manufactures 10,000 new neurons. Uh, The stem cells in the brain that 
do this daily, those cells migrate to where they're needed, particularly where we're learning, and then over the next four months, they make 10,000 connections to other brain cells, and that creates new circuitry. So we have this vast capacity to, uh, at the brain level, get better and better at what we do with practice. This is why, for example, uh, coaching uh, is so helpful in developing leadership abilities because with a coach, you can focus on uh, whatever competence or ability might make you an even better leader, and you can use what's called smart practice where you uh, not only try out the, the new thing that you need to do, and do it at every naturally occurring opportunity, but you have a coach, someone who can help you stay on target or who will help you not give up when you blow it one day under mm. pressure. So I think the, that might be the, the most uh, important new finding in terms of leadership development. And I well, just wanted to add, uh, you know, Relly and I obviously as professional coaches love your your coaching tips in using emotional intelligence, and, and really, I'm sure you'll agree if you uh, think about this. It's you know, to get committed and mobilize that that motivation you have to get better is it you know triggers all the good things in the prefrontal area that are you know where you're leading with heart. And then the second thing, as you said, is to use the smart practice. You know, get some very small, easy, tangible things that you can do that don't take a lot of learning so that you can operationalize your goals quickly. And I know Raleigh and I resonate with that. Yeah, you, you know, you need those small wins at the beginning to keep you going. And I'm glad you mentioned the drive and motivation. Uh, the first thing that I advise coaches or anyone who's trying to get better is to ask the deep question, do I care? You know, is this something I really value? Does it fit my purpose or my goals? Because if it doesn't, if it doesn't you're going to have a very hard time. So, uh, Dan, one of the things that I highlighted earlier is just your more than sound interviews, people with George Lucas, um, Richard Davidson, Jack and Susie Welch, you know, especially the Jack and Susie Welch, I've given that to clients um, because I bring the EI model through the, the ECI to them. And then just to hear Jack and Susie Welch talk about these same competencies we are from a business sense, that was superb. I remember sitting down with Jack Welch and showing him, this, this list of 18 leadership competencies, <laughs> right. uh, which is, you know, the ESEI right. includes. And, and Jack looks at this and he said, wow, where did you get these? <laughs> like, like it was, you know, and it was fun because he'd say, oh, yeah, and that's me. I mean, yeah, that yeah. was particularly the drive to achieve. Yeah, uh, yeah. And interesting, uh, really, in terms of your work on happiness, there's a close relationship between the drive to achieve and focused motivation and happiness, and that is that they both uh, activate the same area in the prefrontal cortex as uh -huh. for happiness. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. that's exactly why we have banded together and taken our two practices to help people really excel quickly. Yep, and uh, it, it's really interesting that it's the positive pleasure you feel at imagining right. how good it will be once you get there that keeps you going during the hard times. No, that's exactly right. Well, one of the things and one of the, that I heard, and then you introduced me to Richard Davidson's work, I want you just to comment on this because going back to emotional self-awareness, and like you said, Kathy and I, we're practitioners, so we're in the field every day trying to make this real. And what I love is his emotional set point, and I've used this with executives, you know, the three different areas of, of your 
emotional set point. Maybe you could speak to that because I think from a self-awareness standpoint, if we're looking at how do you raise self-awareness, like you said, it's kind of invisible. That's a great way to make it more visible. Well, the emotional set point uh, is something that Davidson discovered in his work in affective neuroscience, which is how uh, emotions operate in the brain. And what he discovered is that when you're having a really bad mood or feeling or day, uh, when you're stressed and so on, uh, you have high activation on the right side of the prefrontal cortex just behind the forehead, and your amygdala is driving that. When you're at your best, when you're feeling great, I can take anything on and so on, you don't have any activity on the right to speak of, but it's very high on the left. And the set point is the ratio of activity that when you're just sitting around doing nothing in particular, your brain exhibits. Uh, and some people are very high on the left. They tend to be very optimistic and in good moods often. People who are very high on the right might be prone to depression or anxiety. Most of us are in the middle. We have bad days. We have good days. And he's done work that shows you can shift your set point toward the more positive direction. Yeah, absolutely. And, in fact, we also know from research on laughter clubs and uh, heart patients that you can survive up to 11 years longer when you, in fact, include a regimen of 30 minutes of laughter in your daily routine. So I love that because, of course, working in the whole area of well-being and the, the science of happiness, I keep saying, why aren't we spending more time on the left prefrontal cortex? <laughs> really, how do, you, how do you get 30 minutes of laughter? 30 minutes straight or 30 minutes throughout the day? <laughs> I'd love to have it. How do you do oh, it? yeah. Well, you find a good comedy you like. I see. Okay. You know, and, uh -huh. and uh, I always say to people when you're thinking about uh, something negative and you're in a negative loop, and especially if yeah. you're by yourself, you know, a lot of professionals nowadays, because they travel, aren't coming home to their families every night. And when you don't get that empathy from your, yeah. your partner or your children, even your pet, one of the best things you can do for yourself is not turn on the news. <laughs> Although I love news, I'm, you know... I'm but it tends to be show. a bummer, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but turn on a good comedy. Laugh for a good 30 minutes. There's, You'll there's feel another a way better. Davidson's research... Uh, he's, he's used um, mindfulness, uh, which John Kabat-Zinn has a program that he's developed for medical patients to help manage their symptoms. He went into a very high-stress biotech firm. I, I talk about this in uh, that new book, the, the Brain and Emotional Intelligence. Uh, and uh, these are folks who are going 24-7, hassled out of their minds, and so it's a startup. He, and he had Cabin's in teach them mindfulness, which is a self-awareness methodology, uh, where you become an observer of what's going on in your mind, your thoughts and your feelings, but you, you stop being reactive to them. You don't judge them. You just notice what's going on. It's a very interesting uh, mental discipline. Well, I, and I, he did this for... Um, 30 minutes a day for eight weeks, and he shifted their set point from to the right because they're hassled toward the left and very telling. Spontaneously, people started to say uh, that they remembered what they loved about their work and what they loved about the mission. In other words, all that positivity came out with that shift. So that's another little uh, weapon in your tool, yeah, right? mindfulness thinking, meditation. You know, how about all those mothers? How about all those working mothers who could use 30 minutes of that a day, right? Well, who couldn't use it? <laughs> right, exactly. Hey, so I think we're going to go to our, our last uh, break here, and you're listening to Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. The 
business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having an engaging conversation with Daniel Goldman, and I just wanted to bring us back to a couple of things, Dan, that you have been doing that people can find at your website, which is more than sound.net, more than sound.net. And um, some of the things people will learn at, at your uh, website include findings on the big question being asked, particularly in ac- academic circles, is is there such an entity as emotional intelligence that differs from IQ? Now, that's obviously one of the subjects here. Another is the neural dynamics of creativity, which, of course, everybody's interested in nowadays. 
uh, you know, how do we find the headspace for that creativity? Mm-hmm. The brain states underlying optimal performance and how to enhance them. I don't think there's anybody out there that can use a dose of that. Also, the social brain. Uh, you know, you talk about rapport and resonance and interpersonal chemistry, which is the secret sauce, as far as I'm concerned, for emotional intelligence. There's also something you have called Brain 2.0, our brain on the web. Love to know more about that myself. And then neural lessons for coaching and enhancing emotional intelligence abilities. Is there anything I may have missed? Uh, that's a pretty good list, actually. And I, I should say the, what, those are all covered in um, my new book, um, The Brain and Emotional Intelligence. Uh, but uh, more than sound is a production company and publishing digital publishing company that has been a real treat for me uh, because it allows me to uh, get uh, messages out and new findings and new insights without waiting the two or three years it takes to get a book done. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've, as you mentioned, I've been able to have wonderful conversations with, for example, Richard Davidson, the leading uh, brain researcher in this area. Uh, Richard Boyatzis is on there. Uh, you mm-hmm. mentioned George Lucas, who turns out right. to be a big advocate of social-emotional learning in the schools. Uh, Paul Ekman, who's the world's expert on, on emotions and, and empathy. Right. I've been able to do uh, dialogues with them to f- bring out for people the the key points from their work which might have application to what folks are doing day in day out particularly in the leadership domain and particularly in leadership development so uh, if you really want to keep up with me i I recommend going to uh, morethansound.net and also uh, dan i know um i have a blog on psychology today and you recently have a blog on psychology today and one of the more recent ones was around the creativity and and the brain and maybe we, you know, just we got a lot of uh, executives. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that aspect as we're kind of zeroing in at the end of this around, you know, some of the findings around the aha moment and creativity and how, how do people nurture that? Well, if you think about where the value added uh, comes in your company, it comes through people tweaking things, innovating, coming up with something new, uh, adding value. And in the knowledge economy, that means people need the space to be creative. And the space is both internal and external. The internal space uh, has to do with how the brain operates to come up with a new association, a novel idea, a fresh insight. It turns out that uh, people need to immerse themselves deeply in what the question is, the material, the field of expertise, and then to have open time not to do anything. And this is very hard for many managers to understand, Mm -hmm. that uh, actually the research shows that it's during that downtime when you don't have a a driving agenda and a a to-do list that's distracting you and a thousand calls and emails, it's during this open time that the brain is able to associate widely within its knowledge networks and come up with novel combinations. That's where you get the aha. And we find uh, the, the brain research is showing that, that just before that aha, people tend to be in an alpha state. You know, that's a kind of reverie state. And you need to facilitate that from a managerial point of view. That means give your people open, sustained time daily to let that happen. And uh, I think that that's the bottom line for fostering right. creativity at work from a brain point of view. Well, I think also one of the coaching tips we can leave our audience with is give yourself some non-technical online time. So 
take your BlackBerry, your iPhone, your iPad, your laptop, put it away, and give yourself some space to be creative without technology. How's that? I would, I would put it differently. I, I agree with that. I'd say without distraction. Oh, right. beautiful. So, so one of the things that we do know from the companies that Kathy and I are in are the, are the creative companies, the Googles, the Internet companies. You know, they they have, they have ping pong, they have foosball, they have all these fountains, and they encourage people to take walks. And you know, and I think other organizations who are in, let's say, financial or uh, accounting or consulting, you know, it's people are lucky if they get a break to go to the bathroom. Exactly. And and they're wondering why people are burned out at the end of the day. And they're not getting those creative insights, and they're not getting the innovative products that they need. Uh, and uh, I, I take your point well. They could really learn something from the Googles. Google gives a day a week to people to do what they want. That's phenomenal, yeah. So it's more like an academic environment where you're a teacher, a professor, where you should have that, you know, you should have that downtime for your own strategic Well, that was the old academic environment. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. It's more like the financial sector. Oh, my God. So, so, Dan, as we wind this down, what do you see around emotional and social intelligence, you know, five years from now? I mean, is it bringing in more neuroscience? What's your sense, you know, where we're going to be going? I, I think it's, it's really a good sign that I have no idea <laughs> because what that means is that are uh, the, for example, the underlying foundational brain science is evolving so quickly. Uh, now we're getting uh, inputs from epigenetics, which is how environment influences genes. We're understanding more and more how to teach people more efficiently, more effectively. And so I'd say that the, the future of emotional intelligence, uh, on the one hand, is very promising, and on the other hand, is a deep mystery, and I'm quite happy about that. Well, then we're we're ready for any discovery that can come up. That's great to hear. Well, not only that, I was just thinking, you know, as as we're uh, coming to the end of the program, if there's one thing that you could leave our listeners with today, um, what what would it be? It would be find your sweet spot for achievement. Where are you at your best? And what are the conditions, internal and external, that foster it? And then... How can you help someone else get there? Hmm. Beautiful. Well, that's great, Dan. Um, that's exactly what we wanted to hear. And let's highlight again some of your contacts. So the new book, Leadership, uh, Power of Emotional Intelligence, be at Amazon and all the other key places, morethansound.net. Like I mentioned, uh, those CDs and the interviews are, are really, really fascinating. Um, and I encourage anybody in the EI world uh, to listen to those, and then, like I've done, give them to clients. Because, uh, as you're saying, Dan, it's that repetition. They don't only want to hear us in the organization talking about it, but they want to hear you. They want to hear Jack Welch. They want to hear George Lucas speaking about the same thing. That's how people learn. Uh, and I'd also recommend um, the brain and emotional intelligence and new insights for most current understanding of how the new brain research is reshaping how we think about leadership and emotional intelligence. Well, and the beautiful thing about that book is it's it's very short and brief. It's easy to read, and it makes it a practical, hands-on brain, uh, if you will, map so that people who aren't familiar with how the brain works can get it quickly. This um, this has been exciting uh, 
Daniel, thank you so much. This is going to conclude another episode of Leadership Development News. We want to thank you for tuning in to Tune Up Your Leadership with Dr. Relly Nadler and myself, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. Please join us next week for another opportunity to be a star performer where happiness equals profit in your life. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.